There are so many immune-boosting supplements available these days that if you're like us, you might just ignore them altogether. Well, Carolyn decided it was time to tackle the category. In today's episode, we're talking about the supplements that are actually worth taking to prevent a cold or even the flu, and which ones will shorten the duration of your illness. Did your go-to supplement make the cut? Let's find out. So today's podcast topic is one, Carolyn, that you have been talking about for quite a few weeks now, maybe even like months. I'm not sure, but maybe a year or two. I don't know why we haven't done it before. I think I, we were waiting for the cold weather and then when the cold weather came, we forgot to do it. And, yeah, then, and then now it's back. And now it's back. And we remembered. And we remembered. And, and sometimes when you're in the thick of cold and flu season, you're like, I don't even want to think about cold and flu season. I just want to think about what's to come in the spring. Yeah. But we are finally doing it. We mm-hmm. are finally talking about top supplements for immune health. Yeah, and kind of what's maybe worth taking and what's not. Yeah. I, I can say I have spent a lot of time in the supplement space lately. A lot. Just mentally in terms of like reading up on them. And, and there's a lot out there mm-hmm. and a lot of promises. Well, what really kind of motivated me to do this is I'm so tired of seeing these junk products. Yeah. Or these products that have outrageous amounts of like vitamin C in them that are just crazy absurd. You're just, just going to pee it out. Right. And so I thought this could be fun to like really break down what the few that like maybe could do something for you and then, um, you know, and what they can and can't do. Right. There's a few that may reduce your risk of getting colds, but then there's others that they don't reduce your risk. But if you're taking them, then it may slightly shorten the duration or the severity of your cold. Yes. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. So tell people what's like really... What's worth their time? I mean, because we all take supplements for try to, and it's, it's kind of a pain. And so is it worth adding any of these to your regimen? Right. Specifically, like, during the cold winter months. Exactly. And the thing, too, when we, when we dug into the research, which we knew this, but it really, like, just kind of, like, percolated to the top when we were looking at the research, is that there's a lot of research. There's two different types of research mm-hmm. on these different like nutrients and potential supplements is that when you're low in it, like magnesium is a great example, right? Like when you're people who are, have lower magnesium levels or have, you know, inadequate intake of magnesium Mm -hmm. do have a higher risk of, of getting sick. Like their immune system doesn't, you know, function as well. Vitamin A is one. Vitamin A is one. If you're deficient in like Vitamin A deficiency in your less developed countries is like a leading cause or leading risk factor for getting infections. Yes. Like you were saying, there's two different pots here. Vitamin A isn't one that I would recommend supplementing with. For preventing illness. For preventing illness. There's a lot of like, if you're low, you you don't want to be low. Like you need to be have adequate yeah. levels to stay healthy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that taking additional will do anything for you correct yeah and so, so we excluded those yeah, we from excluded our right those. so we're our, talking about the ones you're taking them exclusively to maybe prevent or decrease the duration or severity of an illness like a common cold flu sinus infection that kind of thing right exactly so we've narrowed it down don't worry we're not going through a whole list but we kind of found the ones that maybe are worthwhile 
Yes. I found a great supplement blend. There's so many like immune boosting blends and they have a bunch of junk in them or are just crazy. Like I said, crazy levels of vitamin C that like are ridiculous. I found a great blend though that I want to share with people because it combines most of these that we're talking about all in one and it's at a pretty healthy dosage. Yes. Yes. For all of them. Yes. You know how little I enjoy taking a supplement Mm -hmm. pill. I it's just don't like to you one with all the minutes. So if you just you give me a combo, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just start by jumping right into the obvious: vitamin C. Yes. <laughs> very, very obvious. Yes. But for good reason, friends. Yeah. So vitamin C, it has anti-inflammatory effect. <laughs> but I had to add that for you. Oh, you think it you? also it acts as an antioxidant. And it also has um, antimicrobial and antiviral actions in the body. But it also is what you call an immune modulator, meaning it keeps the immune system, like, on track. Yes. Like, working right. So it doesn't go one direction either way, you know, to the extreme. Keeps it in line. Yeah. Keeps it in line. Thank you. It also um, normalizes cytokine production. And I think, and I probably should have said this before I jumped into vitamin C, you know, your illness is going to be caused by a virus or bacteria. But all those symptoms that you feel, like the stuffy nose, the head, you know, kind of burning of the eyes or, you know, fever, all that, all the symptoms are a result of inflammation. Mm -hmm. They're triggered by inflammation. Your body encounters that bacteria or virus, it mounts an effort to fight it off. And the way your body does that is through inflammation. And it does that through cytokines. So all that to say, vitamin C helps normalize cytokine production, which can help get those symptoms underway after your body has, or get it out of the way after your body's fought off the bacteria or virus. Yeah. Um, And it also decreases histamine levels. And histamine... You take antihistamines when your allergies are acting up. Exactly. Sneezing. Yep. So vitamin C is kind of like a natural antihistamine. Um, and then the one other thing, they think it may inhibit viral replication. So that's, I mean, that's great. Yeah. But what can it really do for you and how much do you really need to take? So research suggests that taking supplemental vitamin C can enhance your immune function And that because it acts as an antioxidant, it may help reduce like the oxidative stress that comes from all those cytokines and inflammation, which I think in turn would probably help your ease your symptoms. Research also suggests that taking vitamin C, that regular consumption of vitamin C is key. Like not you can't just wait until you start feeling bad to take it. Regular consumption, so maybe through the winter, might reduce the duration of the common cold and the severity of your symptoms. They found that if you wait to take vitamin C when you start having symptoms, not going to do much for you. No. Yeah. No. Now, there is another another nutrient that we're going to talk about later where taking it at onset could be good. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all a little different. The other thing is, and they found that taking vitamin C regularly and in this large study, it was around 200 milligrams a day, which is more than you need, but not a excessively high. It did not affect your risk of catching a cold. It only affects, like, the duration and severity of your symptoms. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily decrease your risk, at least in the general population. However, people who regularly took vitamin C who had physical stress, mm-hmm. 
they were out in frigid temperatures. They were, you know, they were training for something like exercise wise, like a marathon or that kind of thing. Had a yeah. lot of physical stress that vitamin C supplementation could reduce their risk of developing a cold by 52%. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes back to its like anti-inflammatory properties yeah. because when you are putting your body through stress, you're you have increased levels of inflammation. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but I would probably not go above like 200, 250 milligrams of vitamin C a day. The RDA is 70 or 90 milligrams for women and males. Well, and the thing too is that vitamin C is water soluble. So you're Mm -hmm. just going to excrete out what you don't take. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm with you. Like there's what's, What's the point? What's the point? Like, yeah. I mean, you're well, literally flushing it down the toilet. The, uh, like, I see some of these supplements with like a thousand milligrams. Well, taking high amounts like that can cause diarrhea. Oof. I hate to, I mean, it can cause stomach upset. Stom- yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's not like there's, you have to take a large amount, um, but it can have some side effects. The yeah. other thing is more is not always better, people. Right. Vitamin C, I mean, Man, if I ever feel like I'm not having a great eating day and I think back about the vitamin C I've had that day, man, I'm like, well, at least I got my vitamin C. Exactly. It's so easy to get in your diet. And it I don't is. know if it's because we are loving all the little mandarin oranges right now. My family is. I can't keep enough, which is great. That is great. But, you know, it's really, really easy, you know, eat two to four servings of fruits and vegetables each day and you're getting well over RDA for vitamin C. Correct. Yeah. It's, it really is easy. And that's just as good as a supplement. I think sometimes people think it needs to be like in the supplement form, but. Right. No, it's just as good. Sometimes it's even better because you get that like synergistic effect of getting it in the food with other nutrients, Mm -hmm. with other compounds. Um, So yes. So bottom line with vitamin C. Yes, it may help reduce the duration of severity of your cold, but you need to take it regularly through the winter season. Yeah. Probably won't reduce your risk of getting a cold. It just may not be as bad. Right. What's the next one? Vitamin D, which we talk about Uh, all the time. Yes. Because it really is a very powerful vitamin. So there's been a, a really nice, like, amount of research that's been done on whether or not vitamin D can help with your immune system and fending off illness, et cetera. Now, there is some research, on, or I should say, it's pretty well known that low vitamin D levels, whether that's from, like, lack of sun exposure or not supplementing at all or not eating foods, which we know vitamin D is not naturally in a lot of foods, but not eating foods that contain vitamin D, whether naturally or added, can increase your risk of getting sick. And specifically, a lot of the research talks about – and a lot of the research talks about – for for other vitamins too, it's not just D, but a risk of upper respiratory infection. So those are things like your cold, they're also flu, it's also um, COVID falls in that category, pneumonia, those sort of, you know, illnesses, right? So low vi- people with low vitamin D have a higher risk of getting upper respiratory tract infections. So then the flip side is that that we really wanted to focus on in this episode was whether or not having higher vitamin D status can reduce your risk of getting sick. 
So what the research has found is that when they looked at like clinical trials, review studies, even meta-analysis, that vitamin D supplementation could reduce your risk of getting upper respiratory or upper respiratory tract infections. Now, the research was it really it is mixed, like it's not all absolutely positively. Yeah. Um but it is promising, and it says that it could modestly reduce your risk. And that includes, like, pneumonia, like, not just the cold, but, like, pneumonia and the flu? Yes. Yes, exactly. That's huge. Yes. And so this isn't going to shorten necessarily the severity or duration. This might reduce your risk of getting, getting it. the cold, the flu, something like that. Exactly. Yes. Wow. So you combine D and C, and you are... Golden. Yeah. Golden. The other thing, too, is that they talked about how just like what, like how much vitamin D and what they said was that getting a daily intake of 1,000 to 4,000 IUs, which is the amount that the amounts of vitamin D that we talk about pretty regularly um, are safe mm-hmm. and that um, for basically between from kids to adults to even pregnant women um so yeah and that's kind of what we recommend anyway the amount that we have recommended in yes. past episodes and so the cool part is like that amount helps you i well, i think what the cool part is is it helps you with illness but we also have talked previously about how it helps with your mental health yes very true if you feel like finding high quality supplements and natural health care products is like looking for a needle in a haystack we've got the solution for you Introducing Fullscript, a leading online platform that allows healthcare professionals like us to offer you a vast selection of professional-grade supplements from trusted brands. With Fullscript, you can easily browse and order all your supplements in one place. I first discovered Fullscript when a healthcare practitioner recommended dietary supplements for my daughter. I was amazed at the quality of brands that I had access to on Fullscript, and I loved that I could get supplements for the entire family all on one site. The 20% discount didn't hurt either. Every product on Fullscript meets the highest quality standards, all undergo rigorous testing and are sourced from trusted manufacturers, ensuring safety and efficacy. Click on the Fullscript link in our show notes to get access to the Happy Eating Dispensary. Using this link will give you full access to all supplements available and gets you 20% off on every order. You'll also find recommendations for digestion, immunity, back to school, anti-aging, and women's health as well as the supplements that Briarly and I order on a regular basis. Okay. All right. The Z- other one that you always hear about, zinc. Zinc. I, I feel like it went from like, oh, yeah, zinc could be helpful to like superstardom during COVID. Oh. It just like, it became like the, yeah, like, like people that I don't think normally would have talked about nutrients for preventing illness like started to know about like zinc yeah yeah zinc is one where the research has has consistently found that when you pump up your zinc intake at the first signs of illness that it could reduce the number of days that you are sick yeah now it's one it doesn't reduce your risk but it can decrease the severity and the duration exactly 
So exactly. it's kind of like vitamin C yes. in that respect. Zinc is one, though, that you don't want to totally, you don't want to overdo it on. Like, well, it can definitely upset your GI system, but it also is one where, like, you don't want to do, like, the nasal spray for too long. Oh, yeah. Like, follow the packaging instructions. Don't. Don't go overboard yeah. because there can be some negative yeah. implications. And I had forgotten this until COVID and people have been taking zinc and just stayed on it even after 2020. And I saw this, a dietitian had posted about it because it happened to her, but she said, I'd totally forgotten that supplementing with zinc and above, you know, RDA or needs over time can cause you to have a, develop a copper deficiency. Oh. That's not one we worry about, but it is a, a valuable mineral in our diet that plays some key roles. Yeah, for sure. And it's one where um, I'm pretty sure we were read- when we were reading up on mineral levels that you that when they're low, it increases your risk of illness. I'm almost positive that copper was on that list. I think so. So that is really, really interesting. Okay. We have... Three more. Now, this next one I included just because you hear it so often. It's echinacea. Um, But I'm going to be honest. The clinical trials for what echinacea may be able to do for the common cold have been very mixed. Mm. I don't really, I didn't see really much downside, but it's not, if there's one to skip, this might be it. Um, just because it's the re- the results are that is all over the place. So um, overall, studies suggest that echinacea may slightly reduce the risk of developing a cold, but it does not shorten the duration or the severity of that cold. Um, and kind of the summary with the research I was reviewing it says, if anything, echinacea products might have a weak ability to reduce the risk of colds by about ten to twenty percent. But that's it. So. I don't think it'll hurt you, but I think you're better off. I mean, take it if you want it. It may it may help a little, but yeah. If you're trying to figure out where to spend your money, that's probably. I think you're better off with um, some of the ones we've just talked about. But there are some people out there who really are diehard echinacea people. Yeah. There are also some folks who are diehard fans of the next one that you're going to talk about. Yes, elderberry. I feel like elderberry really got hot maybe a few years before COVID. Yes, and I also feel like... The grape syrups. Yeah, and I also feel like it's very popular among um, parents of younger Mm -hmm. kids because it is, you know, it it is a more natural solution. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so much... There are so many medicines that little kids can't take. Yeah. And they're constantly being exposed to other sick, germy children at school yeah. and daycare if Very they go to true. daycare. So, so elderberry, um, it's an, uh, when you buy it over the counter, it is, um, comes, it's, it's um, extracted from the elderberry plant. There are berries on that plant, but they actually extract, take an extraction from the plant they use to make supplements, that kind of thing. But it contains compounds like anthocyanins, flavanols, phenolic compounds. Those are phytochemicals that have pos- exert positive effects mm-hmm. um, within the body when it comes to illness and disease prevention. They're also what gives elderberry its color. Yes, you're right. Thank you. 
Um, and these compounds might have anti-inflammatory, antiviral, antimicrobial, and immune-stimulating effects. So um, there was a 2019 meta-analysis that looked at four clinical trials of elderberry supplementation on um, respiratory symptoms caused by either the, a cold or a flu. And they looked at almost 200 people between the ages of 5 to 59. And what they found is that elderberry supplementation reduced the duration of your cold or flu symptoms. But the effect was strongest for the symptoms, um, the flu symptoms. Ooh, I, like I know. It. Which that was surprising to me. And you usually don't hear much that you can do about the flu no. or symptoms. No. But so um, it would it reduced symptoms in both the cold and the flu, but it was strongest for the flu. I that thought that is was kind of cool. So awesome. I did see a study recently um well i saw it recently but it's it's from 2022 that was it looked at berries and berries having antiviral mm. properties which i was very excited just to think like oh maybe yeah my just daily routine could be helpful um but anyway it makes me think that elderberries perhaps the elderberry outcomes is what inspired yeah them to start looking into other berries and no. all those anthocyanins. Yeah. I will say elderberry seems to be one that you can just start taking as soon as you experience symptoms. Perfect. It does not seem that elderberry is one that you take all winter. Even better. You wait until you need it. Yeah. Great. Because having to take some of those syrups is also not my jam. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, one more, and this one kind of surprised me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probiotics. Yeah. I was not expecting that. No, I was not. I mean, I was not expecting it from the perspective of like, yes, having the a respiratory healthy, stuff. Right, having yeah. a healthy gut is important. And there was a, a recent, some recent research that I was looking at that talked about a potential mechanism, um, which I can get into. But do you want to go over this amazing stuff that yeah. you found about respiratory so tract infections? Certain strains of probiotics um, appear to reduce the risk of respiratory tract infections and may so not only reduce the risk, but may shorten the duration by stimulating the immune system and inhibiting viral replication. But it was only, it's only certain strands, and three of the main ones I saw in research were Bifidobacterium, Lactobacillus, and Saccharomyces. I'm not going to be able to Saccharomyces. Saccharomyces. I don't. I'm yes. not sure. So, if you look at the back of a probiotic bottle, you're going to see like Bifidobacterium, blah blah blah, mm -hmm. or Lactobacillus, blah blah blah. So they they looked at strains of these of this genus. Am I saying it right? Of these whatever these these types yeah. of strains yeah you're um, saying right so um they found that they value several meta-analysis have evaluated the use of probiotics to prevent or treat respiratory tract infections in adults and children and all found beneficial effects on some outcomes yeah like it says that they reduced the number of days of illness per person by about a third of a day, which doesn't sound like a lot, but heck, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, other research found that 
it shortened it by almost a full day mm-hmm. um, and then cut down on just like number of days that you were absent from school or work or for little kids like daycare. Like, so, I mean, overall shortening the duration, the total duration seems to vary a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's go with part of a day to a whole day. I'll take it. But that's awesome to think too, that like probiotics yeah. have that power. Yeah. And they said they were modest results, but they were statistically significant. Yes. Which I feel like is huge when it's statistic when it's statistically yeah. significant. And like it, it's hard to get that kind of power. Yeah. The other thing is it's we're if we take these, it's not we're likely not just getting benefits to our respiratory tract. Correct. We're likely getting a lot of other benefits, hopefully. Correct. Yeah. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting in this newer study that although it's a little sciencey that I thought was just wanted to point out is that um, what they were, what this study was trying to look at the potential mechanism of probiotics for immune health. And what they found and what they were talking about was that immune cells and the microbes in our guts mm-hmm. actually communicate with each other constantly to help um, stabilize the environment so that you can have like a healthy and strong immune system. Oh. And that um, the probiotic bacteria basically stimulate your intestinal immune cells and your overall gut micro, like microbiome to then basically prod potentially specific immune functions and obviously also like just stabilize the immune system yeah. in general. So it was a it it was a little like that's a little bit more broad. That's not like getting down to like the re- respiratory tract infections, but what I found what I didn't realize was that that your immune cells and your gut microbes are always in like conversation yeah. and that your gut microbes are constantly helping your immune system stay stable. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, well, so say you're kind of pumped up to start taking some of these, but you don't want to take four or five different things. Right, yes, because you could go and just individually supplement mm-hmm. all of these. Yeah. and Or pick the ones that you want to or implement them when, like, elderberry and zinc, as an example, mm-hmm. implement those just when at the onset of illness. Yeah. But that's a lot, um, and that's a lot to remember. That's what I was going to say. It's just a lot to remember. Anything. Yeah, you need um, like a cheat sheet. And like I said earlier, there's a lot of junk blends for immune health out there that just have maybe stuff that's not, doesn't appear to be as effective or has crazy amounts of vitamin C or zinc in it that could potentially cause GI distress or really aren't doing anything for you. So, But I ran across one when I was preparing for this episode that I really, really like. I think I'm going to order it for myself and my family. And I'll link it in the show notes. It's, it's by Pure Encapsulations, which is a very reputable company. It's called Pure Defense with NAC. Yeah, so I hadn't heard about NAC until today. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. So two capsules. Um, and again, I really like this because stuff is a, is in appropriate amounts for the most part. Mm-hmm. So two, you take two capsules and you get 250 milligrams of vitamin C, 
which is more than the RDA, but not an absurd amount like a thousand milligrams that Correct. could cause you GI distress. It all those two capsules also contain a thousand IU's of vitamin D. Perfect. Seven and a half milligrams of zinc, which that's below, that's slightly below the RDA. I think it's like sixty seven percent. But that's good. You don't want to go crazy on zinc. Yeah. Um, it also contains elderberry. It contains something called um, a branded ingredient called Epicor, which is basically it's a yeast that is made from the how did you say it? Saccharomyces, Saccharomyces bacterium. Yeah. That probiotic. So it's got the probiotic in there. It came, it contains quercetin, which is Oh, quercetin. Quercetin. I can never say that right. Which is associated with anti-inflammatory, antioxidant effects. Um, but then it also has N-acetylcysteine. N-acetylcysteine is a derivative of a, the amino acid cysteine. And you uh, will a lot of times see it abbreviated NAC. So N-acetylcysteine or NAC acts as an antioxidant and it has, they called it mucolytic activity. Yeah, I had to do a double take when I saw that. Yeah, it helps reduce respiratory mucus levels. Great. Yes, and it might improve immune system function and suppress viral replication. It also lowers, um, has anti-inflammatory effects. And the big thing is it doesn't appear to have any side effects or be harmful when taken in appropriate amounts. You know, there's not as much research like we have on vitamin C or anything, but it certainly doesn't seem to hurt. And so N-acetyl or NAC is in this. So that's pure encapsulations, pure defense with NAC. But I I find a blend, a supplement blend that I agree with so rarely that I felt like this one was worth giving a shout out to. I mean, I think there's only one Maybe two others, but I I can think of one that you've ever recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's hard to find. Like you said, I mean, first of all, we we always recommend something from a reputable company. Mm-hmm. Pure Encapsulations does a really fantastic yeah. job, but also, like you said, to find blends that have appropriate amounts of all the things. You yeah. know, there are blends that even sometimes you're like, oh, great, that has X, Y, and Z. Oh, it has like you know, two drops of it. Yeah, um, exactly. So I will put that in the show notes. You can link directly to it. Um, and yeah, I think I'm going to be ordering that. Love it. I, I just kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. Found it. Fantastic. <laughs> Sign me up. I know. So, okay. Well, we hope that is helpful. Maybe that will save you some money on products that you were looking at that may not be worth buying or spending your money on. Um, Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. 
If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.